Well, good. Good morning, everybody. You know, it's neat that, uh, you know, we'll talk about it at the end of the service, but what's happening with Pastor Josh, that um, that head of the whole organization of PH is actually flying in from Baltimore, Maryland, and being a part of this. And we have he has people from all over the United States that go, who did that commercial? What what company did y'all? And it's all it's all us. And we go, God's been training us to do that for the last 10 years. And uh, it's everybody involved. And another thing is, is that um, uh, they had a baby. And you seem to pray. I don't know what his name is or anything that uh, they're trying to get in touch with Josh. A new baby was born in Louisiana that has pH. And they want Josh and Lindsay to be able to minister to the family and just help them. So they have people from all over the United States. In fact, they had one organization that found out how. And when you see the race, you're going to be blown away at all the banners and the colors and everything else. They, I mean, people like Baton Rouge and New Orleans. They Listen, in, in Colorado, let me just give a little thing. In, in Denver, Colorado, they only had 500 runners. In Baltimore, they had like 400 and something. Okay, in Jennings, Louisiana. How many been to Jennings lately? Uh, y'all can laugh about my city. But anyway, but in Jennings, we're going to have 2,000 runners. That, okay, they already have almost that signed up. That's not even for the people that are coming that haven't signed up yet. I mean, I, we, we've been in restaurants and had a lady. We didn't even know they have a lady that, that just, uh, she's been making brownies. She goes, for, at the city of Jennings, she said, I've got... Three hundred and something dollars, but I'm making more brownies and all of it's going to help that research from that little boy. You know, I mean, it's just I'm just I'm blown away. We have a a guy and I'll talk to you about it a little bit. A a guy just went on to be with the Lord just Thursday night and his wife's going for the funeral. Instead of lieu of flowers, everything goes to pH research. So, I mean, I'm just, I, you just don't, I mean, it's affecting so many, 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 many people. And so this morning, that's enough about that. But this morning, I want to talk to you, what Pastor Jamie's been talking to you about the last three weeks, and it's called Fresh Air. And I, I know the thing that I've really enjoyed, and I know that Pastor Jamie's been sharing with you, uh, and what we really want to do is we want to show, we want you to, we want to add value to your life. I mean, you want your life to be added to where you not only do you see value in your life, but do you see value in other people's lives? And and I know, and it's like we talked about some fresh air principles, and well, we wanted to, you know, if you're in, many times people are stuck in what we call the doldrums, and the doldrums that Pastor Jamie began to explain to you, it's literally like a, it's like the center around almost around the equator when people would come from Europe to the New World, they you could get stuck in the doldrums. There would be no wind, there would be no nothing to push you to get to the other side. And you people would literally die in the doldrums. And really what it's about is like sometimes that's how we feel. We just feel like we get in the doldrums and you just get stuck. I guess that's the best word to say. You just get stuck. Every, anybody ever feel stuck before? You get stuck. And, and, and it's all these, these intangible forces that, that, that I believe that we want to talk about. We've been talking about that just to revive your soul. Something that moves you and propels you to go where you never thought you would ever go before. The first week, Pastor Jamie talked to you. It was about the most important message. I, I feel like if we had one message we could preach, I think that was the most important message in the week one. It was the principle of fresh air. It's just learning to fall in love with Jesus. It's not about all the religious stuff, not saying uh, have those 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 cliches. It's just being real and falling in love and let him be your first love. You remember when you first met him 
Man, it was just your first love. You weren't afraid. Remember when you got engaged to your wife or your husband? Man, you were showing off your ring and others were going, I can't wait. Anyway, I remember that day. I, was like, I remember I thought, the, I thought, you know, I fell in love with my brown-eyed girl. And I remember I thought, you know, the wedding day, I did not. I was, my biggest fear is Gabriel was going to sound the horn. You know what I'm saying? No, no, not now. It's my moment. You know, and uh, anyway, but uh, that's another time, another story. It's your choice. You have to choose life. All of us have to make a choice. And and instead of just going through the motions, you know, we get so busy with a bunch of external things. We get stuck in our lives. We just get stuck. And what happens is we talk about just it's learning to fall in love with Jesus. The second way Pastor Jamie talked to you about it's just it's 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 about the application. It's choosing to have a Christ like attitude. In other words, to have a good attitude. There's a lot of people. How many of you have ever had been treated wrongly and you feel like you have the, the right to have an attitude towards someone because they've treated you wrong? Well, you think that let me show you. But that we go, no way, that's not what the Lord wants me to do. And so, you know, one of the things is, is that it doesn't, I know that we, we talked about when um, JB talked about is you got to choose to have the right attitude every day. Isn't it amazing? You can, you know, you can, you, you can go, Lord, thank you. I hadn't cussed today. I had a bad attitude. I hadn't lost my patience. And Lord, I, I haven't been mean to my wife and I haven't slapped my children. I haven't done all those things, but Lord. Thank you, because when I get out of bed, I'm going to need all the help I can. And so you just it's it's it doesn't and it doesn't maintain itself. You got to learn. You got to make a choice every day. I mean, talking about. And then last week, Pastor Jamie talked about sometimes we need to slow down. Take it easy. Come on. Sometimes you've got to learn to slow down and just take it easy. Uh, We're doing so much. We get caught up in that trap. And let me just say this. The trap is set for you. The enemy always has a trap for you. Come on. And the Bible even tells us, hey, there's a trap waiting for you. And sometimes that trap can be your calendar. Hello. I've learned this. If I don't make a schedule for my time, people will make a schedule for me. Okay, and I've got it every day. I got to go, you know what? You know what? And and sometimes some of you need to have a life purpose. And, and, you know, what am I going to do the next 30 days? What am I going to do the next 60 days? What am I going to do on the next 90 days? Hello. And and it's just learning to say. And can I tell you, sometimes the hardest word to say sometimes is a two letter word. No. No. You know, you know, we. I think sometimes, you know, we can get caught in things and sometimes we don't take the time to even rest in the Lord. See, we would never murder. We might not go do adultery, but we don't even keep the Sabbath. And it's about learning what the Sabbath is. It's learning to do something different than you. The Sabbath than just you chilling out and watching football. I'm on my Sabbath, baby. Give me some Fritos and that cheese dip you make. Rotel, you know. And she's like, well, when do I get my Sabbath? You know, when I go to work, you get your Sabbath. Well, I got to go to work, too. You know, today I want to just talk about just the fresh air principle. And it's about the third person in the Trinity. And it's called the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we're fine with the Father. We're fine with God, the Father. We can relate to the Father. We can even relate to the Son, Jesus, because we've seen him on TV and we know what he looks like. And sometimes we even wear him around our neck. 
So we don't have a problem with that. I can relate to that one. I can feel that one. But now, wait a minute. I'm not sure about that ghost thing. Come on. I'm not sure about that. What's up with the ghost? I think I want two thirds of the Trinity. I don't want the whole thing. Because who wants a ghost? Hey, you want a ghost? No, I don't do ghosts, man. And so what we're going to we're going to see today, you know, I have a lot of things that I and it's not your fault. I think it's a lot of things we've been we've people have said traditions, things that people believe and all these things. It's not even biblical. And so what I want to do is I want us to go back to the verse that's been the theme of this whole series. It's in Deuteronomy and it's chapter 30, verse 19. This day I call heaven and earth. As witnesses against you that I have set before you or I've given you, in other words, a choice before you, before you life and death. How many you want life? How many you want? And it says blessings and a curse. How many you want blessings? Okay. And it says now choose life. In other words, choose a blessing or go choose this. I can either choose to stay in the doldrums or I can choose to go, man. I want the fresh air that God has for me. I'm encouraging you to make the right choice. Don't stay in the doldrums. Don't stay in that place where you just kind of like, well, I'm just stuck. I mean, you know, I've seen people where they have that attitude. I'm not getting out, man. I'm just, just the way it is. Paul Paul Touchette was that way. Mama Boudreaux, she was that way. And that's just the way it is over here. And we can't get nothing done. And that's just who I am. And that's, what, that's my people. Let's talk about the source of fresh air or why we sometimes it's just a hard topic that people want to talk about. Is that okay? See, Pastor Jamie sent me here, all right? And, uh, and, and it's, it comes back and it goes back to the English translation of the Bible. How many of you know that the Bible wasn't originally written in English? Okay, today, listen. Hi, I'm Pastor Bubba. We're going to do a word study in the Bible. Okay, is that okay? You're going to leave here learning something. Say, say I'm going to learn something. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to learn something. Look at the neighbor you didn't want to look at. Tell him, you're going to learn something too. Okay? Let's talk about it. See, the Bible was written not in English. It happened to be in the Middle East where everything took place. And it was actually written in Hebrew. On one in Greek and the other, okay? And so what happened, the New Testament, we know the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The, the, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. And let me just say this. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Okay? And what happens is, right here, there's a word. The Spirit, you know, the Bible, in, this, in the Bible, the Spirit is written 800 times. When it talks about the Spirit. 800 times, and it's neither Holy Spirit, and it's not even Holy Ghost. Wait a minute, Pastor, are you teaching? No, I'm not, I'm not teaching a weird theology. I have to show you, the. T- I want to show you the two words, and I need to give you that Bible lesson, a little word study. So the first word in Hebrew, word, it's called rarak. Say it with me, so rarak. You know, it's like when you get popcorn stuck when you go, right. That's how it's really, rarak. Um, yeah, there, there you go. South Africans, when I go there and I go visit, they all talk. You know, 
Don't worry, she made me breakfast when I stayed at the guest house. I, mean, she's, I brought her back to Eunice for you. How's that? Y'all like Sumeri? All right. All right. So give me a little shout out. But anyway, but in, in, every, in what that means, it means this. It means a wind, a breath, or a blast of breath. In other words, there's power not only in God's word, in the concordance, if you look at the definition of spirit, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it even talks about, Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the, the wind of the spirit, the breath of the spirit, was hovering over. When God said, let there be light, he was saying it with his mouth. Either birds were created, trees were made. There's power in God's words. There's power there. Out of his breath came the power of God. It's not just out, out of him. The same power to get you out of the doldrums is the same breath that God breathes on you. It's created breath to get you out of that place where you feel stuck. Are y'all with me? And the Greek word in, uh, is called pneuma. And the P is actually silent. Okay, so there's not panuma. It's like panera. Panuma. And it's pneuma. Say it with me. Say pneuma. See the great truths you learned at our Savior's church. And it says, it's, it means this, a current, a current of wind, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. Probably the single best word to describe the word, it's just wind. Doesn't sound good. Hey, let the holy wind be with you. You know, when Jesus spoke, he gave words that contained power. You see, when you get, when you get stuck the wind, the blast of wind gets in your life. It's like a sail and it'll blow you right out of your place that you're stuck. Hello. Are y'all with me? You learn anything. You're in the right church. Am I in the right place? Okay. We're on their history. This is like the travel channel. We're going somewhere. I promise. Okay. Because sometimes you go to church and you go, what did they just talk about? Where are we going? We don't even know where we landed. Okay. You had to be at church with us Thursday, me and Jamie and Pastor Zach. Anyway. Uh, but what happened is what, what, what it's really saying is in is in John chapter six, verse three, it says the spirit gives. In other words, the wind, the breath, the blast of air gives the flesh gives uh, gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. So the wind gives life, but the flesh gives nothing. How many ever been? In the, you know what the flesh means? You ever get fashed? That means mad. How I many you know nothing really happens? If you get mad, let, let me just say, you start a, a, a conversation with your wife and you have a lot. Wow, well, I'm, I'm not doing that. And she goes, well, I'm not doing that either. And it just goes, wah, wah, wah. hello, how I many you know, it accomplishes nothing? The Bible says when someone treats you, when they speak to you a certain way, you respond in the opposite way. Hello. So here we're talking about, are y'all with me? Okay. See, Jesus spoke. He gave the words that contain the power for fulfillment or the power of life. In other words, the spirit, when he set, when he, when he comes, he says, the words I have spoken to you are spirit, wind, breath, and they are life. And so the words in the Bible contain wind. They contain power. Amen. 
I can amen myself. Is that right? If y'all don't amen, even Jesus, he amen. Behold, I am life forevermore. Amen. He even said that. He gave himself an amen. Thank you. Appreciate that one amen. How do you describe to someone, listen, what wind looks like if they've never experienced it? Come on. How do you say, how do you, you try to describe to someone who's never been outside, let's say, or uh, you have to bring them outside and say, this is what wind is like. You know, well, what would it, what would you say to someone to kind of get them to understand what wind looks like? I mean, you can't go outside and go, there it is. There's that color. Wind doesn't have a color, does it? And you can't even see it. But I can tell you this, you can see the effects of wind. You see, I just believe this, you know, and my goal in this series to help is to help you, is to help people here. And, and I, I just we just don't want to know and, and, and have such misconceptions and fears and junk and bad reputation of what the spirit is, because you have all that. So I, I don't want to go there. I, you know, it's like who wants a ghost anyway? You know, when I used to think about when I used to hear the Holy Ghost, I used to think about Casper, you know, <laughs> Going through chairs and, you know, I mean, just, and when I went to church and I saw people, they, she got the Holy Ghost. I'll go, she got something. I don't know what it is. I, I, I have a lady that just, she has a coffee shop in Jennings and she's just wonderfully gotten saved and God's just miraculous. And they had some guy that's just this religious guy and he's telling her she's got to do this. And if it's not this way and if it's not that way, she's not going to heaven and she's not going to know God. And so I walk in one day and she's all, and her, and her worker, they're all like, what are we, uh, we don't know what to do this, this guy. And he, this guy's a preacher, okay? And you go, what about, you know, they, they speak in tongues. And I said, well, I speak in tongues every day, but I know people that speak in tongues that are meaner than a cockroach. Hello? I said, what God is more important, what's more important to God is called the fruits of the spirit. Not that you just babble with your tongue. I speak in tongues every day. That's one of the evidence. But the greatest evidence is power in your life. That the wind of God just blew all the junk that was in you out of you. Okay, let me ask you. How many of you had some bad stuff up inside of you? Okay, the rest of it, we're praying for you. Okay, let me do another test. Let's have, it's like, you know, confession is good for the soul. How many of you had some bad stuff up in you? Come on. All right, good. You feeling better now? Okay. And, but God came and he blew. You had an experience with God. And listen, I believe this. Anybody that's ever had an experience with God, is, 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 you're not a, you don't have to prove anything. Your life proves it itself. Because you once were, but now this is what God has done. You've met him and you're not the same. Does that make sense? And so if I wanted to talk about wind, this, there's three characteristics, characteristics I want to give you so you can understand what, the whole, what a little bit of the Holy Spirit is like. Is that okay? The first thing is wind is unseen. It's just unseen. Like I said, you can't point at it. Oh, it's purple wind. There you go. It's not like that. If you could tell someone what wind, see, you could see its effects, but you can't see it. Same with the Holy Spirit. It's un, he's unseen. That's the problem with some people because they want to see it and understand it. Hello? God, and I'll just say, this may, 
This may bug some people, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. Is that all right? Do I have permission? Okay. Here it is. God intended for you to experience him and feel him. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? There's nothing like, let me just say this. How can I say? There's nothing like just the presence of God. Just nothing like God's presence. It's not about having a good looking pastor like Pastor Jamie. It's not about having a good PowerPoint where they're doing the things right. And we got fancy lights and all that. It's not about that. It's about you getting. Listen, I would rather have two seconds of the presence of God than having all the fancy things and walking away going. That was God. You understand me? Because let me tell you, the presence of God can radically change your life. That's a fact, Jack. And see, I, I just know this. I've had people come to the church and, and, and times before and I go and they're leaving. I go, hey, man, it's so good. I, I, it's so good. There's a preacher. There was something in that room today. Did you like it? I'll be back. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Who doesn't want a little of the presence of God in your life? I don't want to play religion. I want God's presence. Is that's what? Let me, let me just say something. If you think this is just like another little station here in town of a church. Listen, our greatest desire is we want the presence of God. My prayer for you is that you experience the presence of God in your life, in your marriage, at your job. You, when you, you know, it's like he doesn't leave you. He goes wherever you go. He goes with you. He's better than MasterCard because he is the master. You know, I mean, um, to uh, last, not this past week, the, the end of last week, last Friday, uh, I had a busy week and a lot of things going on. But this guy that's over the VA, Veterans Associate, Veterans Affairs, he said they had all the guys from that represent every parish and a couple of parishes in the state. And he said, listen, Baba, we can't talk about God. We can't uh, we can't mention Jesus, but we want you to come and give a, a, a different perspective because we have all these other people that come in. But I know you're a strong Christian. You've come here and you bless the, the veterans. But I want you to come and speak to all these guys. Will you do it? Now, we can't pay you. And like I was like, I don't even want your money. I just counted a privilege that I could go. He said, man, they've been getting cuts. They've been getting all this. So I prayed. And so what I did is I said, John, like, I, I, we have a lady at our church in Jennings that she has a company and she does bags for like Chevron, Shell Oil Company. She has her own business that does all these little trinkets and all that stuff. And I said, look, how many people are going to be here? She goes, ah, there's going to be like, he said, between 15 and 20 people. I said, let's just make 20 bags. Of all these goodies. So we had the lady and she put it all together, red, white, and blue. And it was cool. And so, you know, imagine I'm walking in with boxes. Two big, I had, you know, and oh, I'll be back. Go get another box. And they're like, what the heck? And then I just started sharing. And really what I talked about was just having a Christ-like attitude. I had them laughing. I had them going. And, and, and then the cool thing is at the end, you know, the guy comes to me and says, Pastor, well, that was awesome. And they gave me an envelope. And anybody with a preacher, you know what an envelope is, or they give you a Pentecostal handshake. Y'all know what that is? If you don't know, let me just explain so you can bless your pastor, not me, Pastor Jamie. 
If you feel like God's speaking to you, you know, him and Sherry are looking kind of ragged. He needs some new. He's been wearing the same jeans for three months. He needs to go get some. Lord, you put like forty dollars in there because you can get forty dollars. You can get gen, jeans for forty dollars a penny. Okay, Levi's. That's what I'm wearing on today. It's my birthday present for my wife. Okay. <laughs> you just put that forty dollars and you shake his hand and say, Pastor Jamie, you did a great job. He knows what to do with that. He'll just say thank you and put it in his pocket. All right. And he might go buy a new pig or a, a chicken. I don't know. <laughs> That's what they're into right now. But. I thought it was cute. They got one little pig. They called him pork chop because that's the one they're going to butcher. <laughs> that was a riot. Now my kids are going, Daddy, can we get some pigs like the Tyler's? No. Anyway. So, but you know what? When I was leaving and I called, we talked that night. And so how did it go? He goes, you know what, Baba? You know that guy that was sta- sitting next to you on the left? I go, yeah. He goes, he's a Muslim. And after he said, there was just something in the room when you were sharing that began to drop. And let me look at me. I said, God, and I did say, Jesus, what they going to do? Kick me out. I'm there for free. <laughs> you know, you're not coming back. Good. I wouldn't plan on anyway if you don't have me, but they want me to come back. You know what I mean? But you can share Christian principles. You can share. There's ways to get around it. Hello. Just don't be afraid. And the thing I love in this, this portion of scripture, it's, it's, it's the whole portion of doubting Thomas is in John chapter 20, verse 29. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have and believe blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. It's not about seeing. It's not about that. It's about experiencing the presence of God. I, I didn't see him, but I felt him. I know what he did. He led me. He spoke to me. He gave me an impression in my heart. The second thing is wind is unpredictable. Just look at the, the Hurricane Karen. It was coming up the Louisiana coast. Going to mess us up. New Orleans is going, you know, freaking out. And all that, and then you, if you watch the news, you're going, oh my God, honey, pack up the trailer. We got to go. But all of a sudden the wind changed. It's not what it was. You see, I know this is that it, it, it can be east to west and then it can change from west to east. I'm a duck hunter and a goose hunter and I, I guide people and stuff. And wind is important to me. It's just like pilots. Usually pilots fly in against the wind to be able to have a good, smooth landing. You see, I believe it's just like God. He's unpredictable because let me tell you something that but because God's unpredictable, that messes some people up. Because they want God to be orderly and predictable. But he's not. You know, I have a precious lady in our church, Miss Jean Letchworth. And her, I went and prayed with her Thursday morning when she first, I mean, the first time she ever came to church, she came out of a, came out of background and she called me Father Bubba. I kind of like that. <laughs> and just literally, literally seen her grow in her faith and her walk with God. And her husband's had a stroke, Mr. Kenneth. And Thursday morning we went and we, uh, Went over there and prayed with her, just me and her. And she was, she was right there. And she said, Kenneth, 
If you can hear me, baby, this is mama. Now, Pastor Bubba don't like us to call, Pastor Bubba don't like the men in the church to call their wives mama, but I'm calling, you know who I am. That's what she said. And she said, you've been a great husband. You've been a great provider. You've been a great daddy. Kenneth, you can go home now. I'm going to be okay. It's all right. About seven. And then, then right after that, I went to another guy, his mother, Jim Seymour's mom. She was on her last, you know. And I remember Jamie and uh, Pastor Jamie and Zach and I, we got invited to go to a service and, and around Lake Arthur. And so we were going and, and I felt, I said, guys, we need to go see Miss Jean. I just feel like we need to go see Miss Jean. So right when we, we walked, we drove over to see her and walked in the house. And she's. She's all smiling and everything. And I walk in the room where Kenneth is. And I go, Miss Jean. I didn't, you know, I go, what's, what's wrong with Mr. Kenneth? She goes, Pastor Bubba, he just passed. Her granddaughter goes, Mama, you didn't call Pastor Bubba? She goes, no, no, baby. She goes, the Lord called Pastor Bubba. I mean, she said, let me tell you a miracle. Because she's telling me, I went and saw her yesterday. Let me tell you, after our men's meeting, she goes, let me, she was telling one friend, let me tell you about a miracle. Kenneth passed away, and Pastor Bubba, and Pastor Jamie, and Pastor Zach came in right after Kenneth passed. She goes, don't tell me that ain't a miracle, girl. That's a miracle. And I didn't even call him. The Spirit of God is unpredictable. See, you're going to have to get comfortable with the fact that God doesn't do things all the time the way you want it or the way you have to know that it's got to be. I mean, give me an example. Moses, he had a burning bush. God spoke to him through a burning bush. Come on. He could have named. I mean, you know, I mean, you could the first church of the burning bush. Come on. You imagine Moses setting up a church and, you know, unless it comes from the bush. Unless it comes out of the bush, you're going to hell. Come on. Or you came this morning and, you know, and it's like, it's kind of like Jesus. When he, you know, when Jesus, he'd go around laying hands on people and they would blind eyes would see. You, you, you know what I'm talking about? You ever read the Bible? Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes I read my Bible. Like, <laughs> That's funny. You know, I watched too many cartoons as a kid. But I see things different. You know, I just see the way I, anyway, it's, I'm not going to go there. And, and, and it's, but there's this one guy who's going, I'm going to bring my friend and he's blind and I'm going to bring him to Jesus and Jesus lay hands on him. You know what Jesus does? He goes, huh. he goes, ah. <laughs> come here, boy. <laughs> Rubs mud in his eyes. Go wash it. Watch it. I mean, this morning you came and you thought Pastor Jamie would be here and all of the Pastor Bubba's going to be here. It's unpredictable what I will do. And I'm out of putting mud in your eyes this morning because I'm just a little different. <laughs> but that's the way God is sometimes. When you think you got him figured out, he does something totally different. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you like your God orally, he's going to mess you up really bad. 
But all of us, we're humans. We like things. We like a system. We like things a certain way. I mean, my wife, does, she's boom, 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 boom. But there's sometimes that, let me tell you, that works a lot of times. But there's other times I have to look at her and say, I don't care what your facts say. God's saying this is what we need to do. And she knows me enough. She goes, if God told you that, we're going. One more. The wind is powerful. No, no, this, I got a lot more. I'll tell you when. Yeah, I'm unpredictable. That was the same. The third, I see, I got to go through some tips. So the, the third one is wind is powerful. What do you mean, Pastor? Wind can generate electricity, can sell a ship, and it can destroy a city. We've seen that. Being in South Louisiana, we understand what wind can do. You know, go, wind did, I mean, it moved that sound. It did what? Wow. You know, I'm always blown away by the power of destruction. If you really, you know, it just blows my mind. You know, the, the, the God that you and I serve is a powerful God. How many believe that? Can I just speak real plainly to you this morning? Can I get your permission? Okay, we'll do a church vote. How many let you me do it? Okay. I won't vote on you if you don't vote on me. How's that? I have no interest in serving a powerless God. I believe he wants to work in our lives in the power we read about in the scriptures. Where are the miracles? They're here. Do you trust him? Do you believe that he's powerful? All things are possible to him who what? Thinks about it. Positive mental ascension. No. Believes. Even in the middle of the storm. You imagine Paul and Silas when they were down in the, in, in the dungeons and they could have just been depressed, been in the doldrums and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden the wind, the wind of God comes and it blows open the doors and there was no man there. How many of you know that guy? Oh God, I'd be scared of the dark then. You know what I mean? Wind just pop, chains go, go, whoa, Wow. I was telling Jamie, I used to know a guy, Manuel Canis Tracy, he used to do tent revivals. And he's talking about when he was a kid one time. This guy was, he was, they were doing tent revival, praying for people who were sick. This guy had a heart problem. And this guy comes up and he prays for him. And he said, Lord, I just pray you heal his heart. Now God says, run. And the guy starts running. And when he's running, all of a sudden he falls down. And he dies of a heart attack. Now, what do you do in a tent revival? The preacher comes up, he runs down the thing, and he kicks him in the butt. Boom. He says, I said, get up. I didn't say, die, run. The guy got up and started running. <laughs> how that? I don't know how that did. I mean, I, you know, anyway. I don't know what your background is, but anyway. Power goes beyond the natural. See, I, I just believe this. That's why it's called the Supernatural. It just goes beyond the natural. Hear me out. Some people want to understand healing. They want to understand everything. Can I just tell you something? You're never going to understand it all. I've read, I can read, I've read books on healing. I've read books on divine knowledge. I've read all these things. And when I finish reading it, I'm more confused than I was when I started because no one has a formula. Hello? See, I don't want, I don't know about you, but I don't want, a kind of God that's, I don't want a God that I just, it's kind of like the, that I understand everything. He's the size of my brain because that's a small God. Does that make sense? 
I want a God that's bigger than my brain. You know, it's always, you know, an into, let me just read this. I have this quote. An intellectual gospel is, is always in danger of creating a God that is like you. Small. You know, I want a God bigger than me. You know, this guy, he was Amer- America's foremost revivalist. His name was Charles Finney. They said he, he led over half a million people to the Lord in his day. He was an intellectual. He was a lawyer. And he was really against the things of the spirit. But he began to op- ask God, God, what is it? What is it? I, God, and I just want to read you a quote that he had. Here he is. He's, he, he's done all these things. He's struggling. He's a lawyer. He's very intellectual. And this is his actual quote. He struggled with the Holy Spirit. He was so desperate for more of God that he, he wrote this. He said, as I turned and I was about to take a seat by the fire. So he's at his house. I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of, of liquid love. For I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. You know what? It was the breath of God. It was the wind of God. It's the same Warwick. It's the same Numa. It's the same scripture. It's the same in Genesis chapter 2. There's the power of God. It came and swept over. We need more. We don't, you know, we need more than just human effort and ability for everything that we face. Can I get an amen on that? We need the wind of God. We need the power of God that would have its way in our life. We need more of that. I don't want human effort. My effort can't get me where I need to be. If you're going to accomplish accomplish the things God's called you to do here in this earth, you're not going to be able to do it with human power. We need the power of God. I know why uh, I, I kind of know why we are a little disconnected to that, because uh, we've been trained in the thing, have an intellectual mindset. We do. We just are. Even even the disciples struggled with this. I think it's one of the funnier ver- scriptures in the Bible, because I'm just reading Acts. John, he said, John baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Here's Jesus talking to him. So when they met together, they asked him. Lord, are you at this, Lord, are, are you at this, uh, going to restore, are you going to restore the kingdom of God? They were thinking they had a different kind of mindset. They were, they were just saying, so, so Lord, when, when they met together, he said, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They're thinking we're going to. We're going to take over the Romans. We're going to do all this. We're going to be in charge. That's what he's saying. He's saying, guys, God's going to give you power. Then their mind, their mindset's not with him. You understand me? You're going, what's up, guys? Then he said to them, it is not for you to know the times. He said, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times and the dates. The father has set by his own authority. But look, here's a good butt. And this is where you need to find your butt. Okay. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
See, they're going, well, we want power in the natural, in the flesh. We want people. And Jesus said, no, no, no. You, they, guys, don't worry about the times. Don't worry about the dates. I had people all the time, hey, uh, Pastor Bubba, uh, we're living in the last days. No, I don't think we're living in the last days. We're living in the last moments. Amen. I mean, in, in 2000, all the computers were going to crash. You remember that? In 1984, you know, they had the book and everybody's freaking out. And all that stuff. We don't know the time. We don't know the day. Get to know him. You know, it's not, you know, knowledge is great, but you will not always, you just won't always know. You know, and if, and if that's your litmus test, then God's the size of your brain. So let, here, let me give you some tips. I don't want to go far. I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. Here's some tips. Number one, let go of your fears and your misconceptions. We all have them. You know, when I was a kid, I saw some strange things. My grandmother used to pull me and my brother to this church. And man, people literally was one of them chandelier swinging kind of things. You know what I mean? They had a guy that was a midget. God healed him. And he, when he was preaching one time, he was like, you know, God healed me. You know, I'm six foot four now, but I, he still had a midget voice. I'm like, what the heck? I remember my brother and I, we'd go there stoned before service and we'd sit in the back and, and people would walk by and they knew what we were like. And they'd go, oh, Jesus name, heal devil boy, devil boy, devil boy, touch him, Jesus. That's how they pray with me. Oh, my pastor, like a snake church, save devil boy. You know what I mean? And we just sit there and my brother and I was like, here, the show, the show's fixing to start, man. We were being entertained. Because, see, the bad thing is, when they weren't in the service, they were mean as a hornet. And their marriage is, many of the people, that I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of the marriages were just kind of screwed up. And, and, there was, and I was like, I was thinking, I don't want that. Hello. I was fearful of that, you know. But I had to come to a point where I realized my life was powerless. And I need I was in a situation in my own personal life that I, I knew that I couldn't get out of my drugs, my alcohol, my pornography, my lying, my stealing, my cheating, all those different things that in my life I was messed up. You know what I'm saying? And I got kicked out of schools. By the time I graduated high school, I had been to fifteen different schools before I graduated. I'm not kidding you. And, and it's, that's not a badge of honor. That's just telling you I was a mess. And you see, you got to let go of the packaging. You got to let it go of the tradition and what people say or, or, or look at what and, and you got to go. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible show me about this? Am, am, I, am I in the right place? You see, I love what Psalms 34, I sought the Lord. I didn't seek churches. I didn't seek books. I didn't seek traditions. I went after God. I sought the Lord and he answered me. And listen, and he delivered me from all my fears. You see, don't, don't, don't seek those things. Seek God. The second thing is when you, when you do this, you can't go halfway. 
You can't just go and kind of just come around and kind of put your toe in it for a little bit and see what the... Come on, you know what I'm talking about? I'm going to test the waters. Let me just say, number two, here's a tip. Go in. Go all in. All the way. How many of you want all of God? You got to go. You got to give your all in return. Does that mean that you're not going to have dealings with God trying to get things out of you, being real, being honest, being brutally honest? Come on. Let me ask you. Let's, let's do it. How many of you had a bad attitude this week? Come on. How many of you said some things you don't want to be showing on video this morning? How many of you, you know, just, just was, was down this week? How many of you thought about doing something or saying something to somebody? It might have made you feel good, but it wrecked everything. Okay. Aren't you glad for the grace of God and the cross? Aren't you glad about the power of the wind of the spirit? See, I can't, you can't do it halfway. You got to go in. None of that works. You got to go all in. You see, it's like the song. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee. I surrender all. You don't want me to sing. You know, Pastor Bubba's top 10 hits. He never sold. I surrender all. I don't give 99%. It just doesn't work. If you don't give it all, it's not going to work. I remember when Pastor Jamie, Pastor Jamie, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I want you to go and I want you to be a blessing to Pastor Bubba. And as he's been trying to be a blessing, Pastor Jamie's been the, one of the greatest blessings in my entire life. He's always blessed me. Always tried to look out for me. I mean, who doesn't want to be walking around with, I feel like I have a bodyguard when he's with me. <laughs> deal with Kojak. Don't deal with me. But anyway. But I remember the day. Because, you know, I remember he grew up in this strict kind of church. It was all about do's and don'ts. No. Can we do? No. No. And, and, and he said, one day he said, Pastor, well, I, I just, I'm just telling you, man, ever since I've been here, me, you, don't, you always tell me what I can do, what I can't, but not, you never told me what I can't do. He was trying to figure it out. When are you going to give me the don'ts? Hello. There's like rules and regulate. But I remember when the wind of the spirit hit him. We were in a meeting with my spiritual grandfather and he just prayed over him. And Jamie was just really hungry. And I remember he just kind of, he got on his face and the spirit of God hit your pastor like a ton of bricks. I mean, he knocked that big old man down. I'm not talking about catchers. Pick him up, pick him up. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about literally he just, he went down and he was there for, I promise you, 30 minutes. When he got up, he was full of snot, tears all over him. I mean, he was a mess. There was, I mean, it was a pool. I'm not kidding you. There was a pool. You know, he'll, I don't know if he's ever told you, but there was a pool there. And that old Jamie that was standing up there before, when that, that new Jamie got up, he was a different man for the rest of his life. He became a better father. He became a better husband. He became a better man. And God has used him. You need to honor the man of God that God has given you as a gift. Amen? Because let me just say, you know, some people have gone, well, Pastor Bo, you start here. Look, let me just say, we sent the best we had. You got it. You got the best we have. I promise you. When we start a church in Crowley, we'll send the best we have then. But I'm just telling you right now, you got the best. Amen? 
I remember one day we came to a staff meeting and he had, we had the same shirt. I was like, mine was my size. He was his size. And I looked at him, I go, man, I feel like we're in the movie twins. You're Arnold and I'm Danny. Anyway, anyway, so. Jeremiah 29, verse 13, you will seek me and find me. And when you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. All or, he's saying, it's all or you won't find me. One of the best pieces of advice I can give you is just go all in. You know, some people think, well, you know, if I go all in, God's going to send me to Haiti. And I'm going to live in a mud hut or I'm going to go to Africa. Some parts of Africa ain't bad. But if I do, if I go, I mean, if I really give, God's going to send me, give me this assignment that's just like, ah. The third thing and the last thing is development, develop an intimate relationship. Wait, soon. I'll tell you. <laughs> down, down, heal, heal. I promise you I'm coming in the end. She's anxious. For you. Are you trying to get me out of here? No, get up here. I'm fixing to call you up. Don't be busting out in the back. Anyway, and so develop an intimate relationship with him. The Holy Spirit. She's going to crack up. Anyway, y'all pray for her. Pastor Bubba, he's unpredictable. Let me show you. Let me just show you. It's the benediction. It's kind of like the, the last statement. It's a prayer. It's a, it's a prayer over you. Here it is in 2 Corinthians. He says this. The amazing the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ. It, 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 just, it all starts with the cross, doesn't it? That grace. I love that grace means God's riches at Christ's expense. The grace of the cross, Jesus. He says, in the extravagant love of God, the father. And I'm not just going to stop two thirds of the way. And he says, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. That's the Trinity. Don't just stop at the grace of God or the love of the Father. We need all three. You know, the sad thing is that, how I many you know we're attached to our phones? Come on. I mean, you go to a family reunion, someone talks about something, go, oh, I don't know what they're about. I'll look it up. Oh, oh that's what it is. Come on. I mean, they go around. You ever see people around the dinner table going, they're not even conversation. They're just looking at their phone. I mean, it was like this morning I was driving here and the lady was trying to text, I think, and she almost hit me while I was eating my bowl of cereal. Anyway, just, anyway, joke. That was funny. Anyway, just. People don't talk at lunch anymore. They just use their phone. They sleep with it. I mean, you know, I mean, anybody brings up a topic, they know it. What year? Hey, how old is someone? Oh, I'll tell you. Oh, they're dead. How I many you know that your tones, your phone even talks back to you sometimes? I've trained mine. Listen, let me see if I can get it. Hold on. Y'all, y'all, y'all interested with my, how my phone talks to me? Okay, I'll do. Who am I? Wait, Siri, work. Come on. Hold on. Siri, who am I? 
Listen. You're Baba, but since we're friends, I get to call you my master. I love you, Sirius, because you love all Apple products. Can I just tell you something? You know the sad thing? I wish you knew the Holy Spirit as much as some of you know your phone. Are you hearing me? Because I just believe this. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. Sometimes he'll say, no. Sometimes he'll say, go. Sometimes he'll say, whoa. Hello. You say, say this. Go there. Go see Miss Jean. Hello. Isaiah says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. See, if I had a roadmap to tell you where you're going to get to go, you don't know. I couldn't give you a roadmap because God has something for you. Look, I didn't know that when I would be when, when I went in for my first checkup that I would have cancer. Come on. I had a guy yesterday come to our men's meeting. He came to me right before the meeting. He goes, Pastor Bubba, I just passed some blood. I think I'm going to go home. I said, no, you need to be here. I said, I know what passing blood is and all that stuff. But you know what? I'm not going to worry about that. Because he's like, what's he going to do at home? Freak out? You know, kind of like that song. Freak out! And the enemy just freaks you out. And I prayed for him. And at the end, I said, listen, when you go home and you tell his wife, I don't know what my wife's going to say. Because his other wife died of cancer. And he's walked through me. He's, he's saying, and I said, let me tell you something. I'll just say Bill. His name's not Bill. But Bill, it's all the matter of the way you tell her and your attitude is the attitude she's going to carry. Because when I found out, listen, I could have gone, because it was a lot of, you know, inside me. But I, when I found out, the first thing I did in my doctor's office, my doctor will be a witness to you. I got on my knees. I said, God, the battle's yours. I trust you. And I've been trusting him ever since. Because can I tell you something? Your miracle's around the corner. And if he's with you, he's with you. Ephesians says this. It says, don't grieve God. In other words, how how are you doing? Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate. You can come up now, Samaria. Intimate part of your life. (laughs) Making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. So the fresh air principle that I want to give you this morning, that Pastor Jamie would give you this morning if he was here, he would say this. Get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. He's not some mystical thing out there. Jesus said, hey, when I leave, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you a teacher. I'm going to send you a counselor. I've got to go, guys, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm here with you. It's his voice. It's his presence. Listen, some of us feel like sometimes that God doesn't love us. Or what we've done because of our guilt and our shame. You know what? God's there to love you. 
You know, my little girl wrote me, it's my birthday coming up. You you don't have to sing happy birthday or anything. And she wrote me a little letter. And she said, Dad, and she's, you got to know my my little girl, Olivia. She's kind of peace, love, joy kind of little girl. She's a flower girl, Lily. She's a hippie. And she just, she's real expressive and she draws. She makes crafts and things like that. She always does things for me. And she'll have a picture of me and her holding hands and all that. And she goes, Daddy, I love you because you're funny. You tell me good stories. And you hold my hand. I love you. And she says all this other stuff. And, she, and P.S., you're a really cool dad. <laughs> and it made me think that the night that I, I found I had cancer and going to her bed, she doesn't know. But I know. And I just thought, I'll never walk the enemy. Come on. I'll never walk her down the aisle. Okay, listen, my wife and I have six children. We have five boys, then a girl. She's a little special. And I remember walking in the room and Tracy and I just laying in bed. And she gets close to me, put my arm around her and we cry. And the Lord just really spoke to me, just strengthened me. He said, hey, babe. Let's not let this happen. And I'm just telling you, the Holy Spirit just came and he began to speak to me and her. And we just let the Spirit touch us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We had one of those moments. We weren't babbling. We weren't shaking. You know, I've been to church where they walk out and they finish and they still got the woo. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that ain't authentic or whatever, but I'm just saying it wasn't none of that. I just felt the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit just come and rest on our minds and our hearts. And we began to pray and we felt God. And from that moment on, we never cried again. I'm not saying we weren't tested. Come on. I'm not saying we didn't face difficulty that I didn't have to fight. But anything worth fighting for is worth gaining. Amen. And I just remember, it's just like, because we have a personal, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, He's able to comfort. And my desire for every one of you is that you allow the, the mighty, powerful Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, come and refresh you, renew you, that you would leave here this morning touched by His presence. Don't put your pencils down or anything. Just close your eyes. Can I just pray with you this morning? Please, no one looking around. I just want to pray. It all starts, though, with the first person of the Godhead, Jesus. You may need to surrender all to him first. Let me tell you what surrender isn't. It's so you will know. It's not joining a church. It's surrendering your whole life to Jesus. You can't even know the person of the Holy Spirit until you know Jesus. It's really getting saved by the grace of Jesus. Maybe some of you here today saying, Pastor Baba, if you're honest, I'm really not giving my all. But Pastor Baba, today I'm, I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to surrender everything. Maybe you're at a place where 
You know, Pastor, I, I, I did surrender at one time, but I've allowed things to enter into my heart that has kept me from just experiencing God's presence. And I don't want to live that way anymore. I don't want to live in a state of hardness in my heart. I need, I need God to soften my heart. If, if you fit any of those categories, say, Pastor Bo, would you just pray for me this morning? That you just raise your hand real quick all over this place. Just say, raise your hand. That's me, Pastor Bob. I've just allowed things to come. Okay, put it down. Anyone else? Put it down. Anyone else? Let me pray for you this morning. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, I give you my all. I surrender all. I give my life to you. I trust you completely. Thank you for Jesus dying on the cross for me. I ask that you would come and live in my heart. I'm not holding back. And I know if I don't hold back, you won't hold back either. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that for every person here this morning. I pray we just be all in. Lord, we thank you that, that God, that you, the Bible says you're no respecter of persons and you know every one of us. You know our fears, you know the things, the misconceptions we've had, you know the experiences. But Lord, I thank you that, that God, that you're able to come and deliver. You're able to save. You're able to move. And Lord, we just give you all those misconceptions. We are all in and we want that intimate relationship with you. Come right now and be intimate with us. Touch us. I just pray that, God, that you would come and minister to everyone here this morning. I pray that you would refresh, you would renew, you would restore. But, Lord, I pray more than anything that we would just fall in love with you more than we ever did. I pray for a greater hunger. In every heart and every mind here. I pray when people walk out the doors this morning, they're more hungry for you than they've ever been. I pray they would they would be dis, they would be dissatisfied with just the status quo. And I pray you would just come and you would refresh, you would renew. God, you would burn up all that junk that we've allowed in our hearts and our minds, and you would refresh and restore. Do you believe that? Say, I believe. Look at me. I'll start out with what I started. Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing justifies despair. There's nothing too hard for God. Listen, you want a visitation for God? You got to have an expectation to have a visitation. Write that in your notes. I need an expectation for a visitation. Amen.